Hello, everybody. Welcome to our community, our mission. This is Barry Feeker, Executive Director of the Topeka Rescue Mission. Have with me today, again, Marion Crable, who's Director of Supportive Services. Good morning, Marion. Good morning, sir. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Good. And Kim Turley, who is Director of our Volunteers Events and the Media. How are you? Doing good. Good. We just came off of the 4th of July. Yeah. Um, which is um, always uh, a time of year where there's a lot of noise. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> and we light it up just about everywhere. Even though big events were canceled, mm-hmm. postponed, or whatever, um, there was still a lot going on. I know in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine yeah. too. <laughs> Mine too. So, you know, we're going to kind of walk into something today on this on this program that uh, – <laughs> I'm not sure how it's going to end, and how we're going to land here. Uh, we're going to talk about our nation. And, um, you know, we've been talking about Operation Food Secure and hunger and COVID, and we've been talking about homelessness and unemployment and what we're doing at the Topeka Rescue Mission and this community and so forth. And we're going to kind of branch out just a little bit and just ask this question. And this is to you who are listening. How are you feeling right now? How are you doing with all the things that are going on? I'm not talking about uh, are you positive COVID or negative COVID. Mm-hmm. Talking about the bigger picture because right now we are in one of the most challenging times that our nation has experienced in generations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that many people, if they're watching anything, are very aware that um, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's uncertainty with the virus. There's uncertainty with unemployment. There's uncertainty with the economic ramifications and the impact of what is happening here. There's an uncertainty um, with um, just the basic s- s- necessities of food yeah. and how we're going to get food to people. And uh, is there going to be enough? Uh, there was a, we thought was uh, the end of the world when there was a shortage of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And now there seems to be that coming back, but we're hearing there may be another shortage. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and the list goes on. And then you add in the unrest that's going on in our mm-hmm. cities today, shootings, uh, rioting, uh, protests that had good intentions but got out of hand. Um, the division in regards to race and communities coming together are really at an all-time high need, but yet we're seeing polarization from the top down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mary, how you feel? <laughs> yeah, well, when you put it that way, it's kind of like maybe we should just go back to bed. <laughs> sounds um, good. It's, you know, it's... It's a little bit overwhelming when you think about all those things. And I think that I personally, I get wrapped up in my everyday kind of stuff, right? So I'm still coming to work and I'm still doing it. And we're still doing the things that we need to here to serve people. And I think when I go home, I know what I do is I watch things that are relatively mindless, Mm. right? Like I'm not going to watch the news. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm not going to try to... I'm going to pay attention to what I'm liking on Facebook because of all the algorithms that then shove things at me that I really just don't want to see. So I think what I'm hearing myself say is, yeah, I kind of think I'm sort of in denial. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to face it all Mm -hmm. because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming and seems... Explain algorithms. Um, Well, you know, I wish I could explain it really well. So I'll just give you the really 
layman's kind of answer is that's what I need. I click on <laughs> I click on things, and they've got their computer program set up in such a way that then it thinks that's what I like, mm-hmm. so it pushes stuff like that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they do it with advertising a lot. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid. I clicked on a mask thing in Facebook mm-hmm. because then every other one of my posts is about where I can go buy a mask. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of just, it thinks it tries to know me and what I like or don't like. And then it pushes that so you toward get, me you, to influence. You almost get an uh, out of balance uh, perspective on what the world's all about because the yes. algorithm thinks this is what you want to know. So it gives you more of that. So if it's, racial tensions or COVID or hunger, unemployment, it could seem like the whole world is falling apart. But yet that's how most of us are today is Mm -hmm. we are influenced by the algorithm Mm -hmm. of things that are being fed to us, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Correct. Mm -hmm. And that can kind of sway us or make us lopsided. And then in your situation, you mentioned denial. Mm -hmm. You go into denial. So Kim, uh, you're a young mom. And yep. uh, you have a young son. Uh, you and Josh uh, work here at the rescue mission. And, you know, um, what's this like uh, to think about where the country is right now, where the world is right now for raising a family? You know, I try not to, I mean, each day I take each day by each day. I mean, one of those things you live, um, not live in the moment, but just more of the fact that don't take everything for granted um, and just taking each moment with my little man, Colton and Josh and just spending time with family. Um, I mean, right now we're not to the school time for him, which is good because I don't know oh, that uncertainty too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Like with my friends that they have kids, like my sister-in-law has a little girl starting here in the fall. And, um, I know the friend that has a little boy starting in the fall, supposed to be kindergarten first year, you know, those big oh, moments yeah. for him. Um, and then I see a post that someone's like, well, if your kid's supposed to start in the fall and you don't want to send them to school, I can homeschool them. I'm like, that's just, it's a totally different time for that age. But I'm just taking each moment because you just never know what's going to play out next. I mean, everyone says we're playing the game of 2020 or Jumanji. And yeah. so you just never know what's, you're going to roll the dice and see what happens the next day. And um, I I just pray and, you know, I keep my trust in God and our faith and focusing on him and I know he's going to provide for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, he never leaves us or forsakes us, and he we're not supposed to fear anything because he's for us. He's not against us. So that's been one of those things. Like each day, we go and feed the ducks at the park a lot because mm-hmm. we don't go into the stores. Ducks are happy. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, no hunger problem with the ducks, huh? <laughs> no, we just sweat a lot there. So, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's just one of those things that we just keep taking each day by day. That's awesome. You know, there's there that that is really the way to look at this one moment at a time, trusting the Lord mm-hmm. in all this. But not everybody does that, no. and so what we're seeing is you know kind of three reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one extreme, we're seeing uh, an anger swell up in our nation. Um, where people are really against each other in a, in a way that even leads to mass shootings uh, that have um, kind of come up again. And um, on the other end, people are kind of going into depression mm-hmm. and uh, where they're just completely going the other way and and uh, where they can't hardly function, can't hardly move. Um, they're afraid to try to go out anymore, and they're afraid to go back to work if mm-hmm. their jobs call them back. And that's been a, an issue in our country. Some people don't want to go back to work because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. And so they get into the house and they close the blinds and turn on the algorithms and <laughs> and then they get more depressed. And and then there's uh, denial. And, and, you know, Miriam, I think there is a good 
point of tuning out of all of this, you know, yes. and that's not really denial. That's probably self-preservation yes. from, from all of this. But on two ends, there's the anger and there's depression. What is the root of both anger and depression? Oh, that's an interesting question. I kind of feel like it's the trauma you've been through, like to shape your brain differently. You, you've experienced something to have those feelings, I feel like. Right. And you can't necessarily see your way out exactly. of this, of a current. Yeah. Right. So if I can't see, if I'm angry, I'm probably afraid of something. Mm-hmm. If I'm depressed, I'm probably not seeing a different kind of future. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the one I'm in. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, it, it steals me of my hope or um, my ability to realistically know that this is not a forever thing mm-hmm. and but truly i think that anger is almost always based in fear mm-hmm. that i'm afraid of something yeah and that's what they've found out over the years is that uh this immense anger comes out of a root of fear mm-hmm. and also depression does um used to work in mental health many years ago and, and back in the archaic days uh, when i first started before they had psychotropic meds to really address the depression like they do today um what they would uh, do is take a chronically depressed person, um, and I mean very chronically, can hardly move, mm. and then give them a sand block with sandpaper and have them sand wood. And they would sand the wood, and when the person was not moving it fast enough, then the therapist would encourage them through aggression of yelling at them or telling them, sand harder. And so you've got to get this piece of wood smooth. And after a period of time, they would be learning to move it, get it down, and they would sand and sand and sand day after day after day after day. This is, again, a chronically depressed person who's hardly able to move, but now they're sanding wood, mm-hmm. and um, and they said you have to get it smooth, and the therapist would always tell the person it's never good enough. Mm. Now, does that sound cruel and unusual punishment? Kind of. <laughs> but there was a method to the madness, and that was get that person sanding enough and angry enough that they throw the block of wood at you. Hmm. And when that happened, then you were able to talk about the depression because now they were able to come up out of that and be able to address why they're afraid. And it had to go the other direction with anger. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they don't do that anymore as far (laughs) as I know. Um, But I was like astonished, you know, that uh, uh, some of their things were electric shock therapy and uh, something called cold, wet sheet packs. Mm -hmm. I won't even describe what that was all about. Water therapy and those kind of things tells you how old I am. And those (laughs) things were on the way out when I was coming into mental health work. And and one of the things I've noticed over the years with the folks at the mission who are either very depressed or have this anger is that if we can talk about what they're afraid of, Mm then we have an opportunity to be able to address something that's deeper than that. And mm-hmm. Kim, you're right, trauma. Right. Trauma that has happened to us does reshape our brain and reshapes our whole perspective of, of life. And so we react to that. We become very determined that we're not going to allow that to happen to us again. So what's a way not to allow that to happen? Get aggressive, get angry, mm-hmm. don't let anybody do that to me. Or fold into yourself. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, we see this in human trafficking all the time. People fold into themselves, escape through drugs, escape through all kinds of other issues, mental illnesses and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. We've all heard of um, flight, uh, fight, flight or freeze. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh And those are natural reactions to when we are afraid of something. 
fear. Yes. Is we're going to, to do one of those three things. And, um, and so that's part of, I think, where our nation is today, mm. is that we're yeah. in a fear mode. Mm-hmm. And so how do, we, how do we get out of fear? In this regard, Kim, you kind of said you go feed the ducks and uh, trust the Lord. I mean, but we're we're talking about bigger issues here than just one situation. We're talking about a multiplicity of situations. And so what can we do? Maybe maybe we back that up a minute versus not what can we do. But what do we see about Topeka, Kansas, Shawnee County and Northeast Kansas that gives us some hope? The things that I see in, in Topeka and Shawnee County, or, or this region really, is that we do have a history of being able to work together, right? Of coming together, of being able to dialogue. Um, there have been amazing things that have happened in our community. Um, with, and you could go all the way back to the Civil War days and know that um, there are amazing things that have come out of Topeka and that have happened in Topeka. And so I think if we can look back at that and try to capture that sense of community again, that we have a better opportunity to see our way through this together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been saying on every front that we are better together. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we just have to really kind of, this is where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. You know, we can speak the platitude that we're better together, but now it really takes us saying, okay, we will be better together. And this is what I might have to sacrifice or compromise on in order to make it better all the way around. Mm-hmm. And I would say hats off to um, many of our community leaders, mm-hmm. um, not just elected officials or heads of departments, but people who have stepped up to the plate in, uh, in our different cultures, our different races in our community mm-hmm. coming together and saying, we know things are tense. Uh, they have been tense. They've been t- tense for, for, for decades. But we really want to do everything we can to work together. And um, and you're right, better together. And so um, especially as of late, um, our uh, black brothers and sisters, our white brothers and sisters, our Latino brothers and sisters working together to try to uh, make sure that we keep keep moving forward. Right. And not every community can say that right now. No. They absolutely Mm -hmm. can't because of what's happening there, too. And I think Topeka Rescue Mission is in sort of a unique position in that we get to see um, struggles in every person, right? I mean, it isn't just one community that we see struggling, or it's not just one race we see struggling, whether it's with poverty issues or mental health issues or hunger issues. We get to see this broad expanse of equity or equality, not necessarily around positive issues, but it's there, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that we know that there is connection between all of us, whether it's on the good side or the bad side, Mm -hmm. and that can hopefully help us overcome divisions. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Kim, a number of years ago, uh, Miriam and I were involved in uh, the development of Heartland Visioning. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's it's really made a lot of strides. Uh, Part of the Heartland Visioning's uh, results uh, will be celebrated, I think, in October. I think 10 so. Ten years of NOTO. Yeah. Isn't, Isn't that, that amazing? amazing? Ten years. That's awesome. NOTO? <laughs> you know, it's like it's always been here. No, it hasn't. Uh, right. <laughs> I can remember when it wasn't here. Yeah. Uh, it was, the place was called Little Saigon down the street from the rescue mission because things were so bad. But, Kim, the, the, one of the things that uh, a lot of people may not remember is that we, we uh, asked uh, a multiplicity of people from all parts of the community – 
what they felt the number one character word that we needed to work on was. And they kept chopping away and chopping away. And um, But everybody came down to the number one issue that they felt was a word that we needed to improve. Do you know what that might have been? <laughs> Any guess? No. I really uh, can't even. Yeah. So the word was trust. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. we need to work on trusting each other. And um, and I think that there's been a lot of strides in that arena um, in this community to come together, to not have the divisions of east and west, north and south mm-hmm. um, as much. They're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, these are things that when people promise something and it doesn't come forward, then those things resonate for a long time. But it really came down to the need for us to find a way that we can make sure that we're trustworthy in what we say and what we do as a community. And I think we've come a long way. We've got, we got a ways to go. And a lot of communities don't have that. Yeah. Right. They really don't. Right. So, so fear then can be birthed out of disappointment mm-hmm. that somebody who said they would take care of you or do something and didn't do it, um, then you are afraid of those people and afraid of what they say. And you feel like there is no hope. Yes. Right. It goes back to that then that it's like, if I can't trust people that make me promises to help me, then who do I have? Right. Or if I give something that's important to me because you said you would do something, um, such as I'm going to let you annex my part of my community. And this goes way back many generations in Topeka. If you'll put in streetlights and sidewalks and you never did, Mm -hmm. then there are going to be people generations later that are angry at you, but you don't know why. Right. And that's really the whole thing with race and emancipation and February 1st of 1865 when Congress uh, and Abraham Lincoln and Congress signed uh, um, the Thirteenth Amendment began the papers of that, and later that year, in June, um, the slaves were not set free; they were just reslaved in a different way. That's a lack of trust. That's a lack of commitment to follow right. through. And how many people paid lo- their lives to get to even to that place? Mm-hmm. More people died in that war than all the other wars combined through Vietnam, I know. the Civil War. Isn't that amazing? And yet we didn't get there, and we haven't got there today. So people are angry. Or they're depressed um, or in denial or whatever. And now you add all these things on top because we're afraid. Mm-hmm. So what's the antidote for fear? Well, okay, that was some radio silence right there. <laughs> so the, I don't know what yeah. is other than love. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I don't know, Barry. I don't. What is the antidote? What is fear? the antidote? I don't know. We're going to take a vote. <laughs> <laughs> I'll vote with what uh, we find in First John. Uh, chapter 4, verse 18. And uh, this is what the word says. There is no fear in love. Mm -hmm. There's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear. Mm -hmm. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Ooh, Mm -hmm. ow, wow. Mm -hmm. If I'm afraid, I've not been perfected in love. But perfect love casts out all fear, does away with all fear, Mm -hmm. and really annihilates fear but it is perfect love. Yeah. It's not just love. It's perfect love is the antidote to fear. What is perfect love? Putting oh, you guys on the spot here. Uh, well, it's okay. You can do that. But to me, the only perfect love there is, is the love of God, exactly. the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and I think it kind of goes back to what Mike said last week, right? It's this amazing sacrifice mm-hmm. that shows that perfect love for us who are so flawed and so constantly unworthy. 
right? But God gave us his son Mm -hmm. and let him die on a cross. That is perfect, unadulterated love. That's right. Absolutely. That really is, to my understanding, the antidote Mm -hmm. for where we are today. We can create policies. We can create proclamations. We can create attempts to try to come together and and, and that's good. All those are important, uh, but they haven't solved the problem yet. And we've right. been here and we've done this, mm-hmm. but there is something that we're missing here as a people, as a nation, as the church, as the body of Christ, in that this scripture in 1 John four eighteen says, perfect love, which is God's love, Jesus Christ, is able to annihilate fear. Mm-hmm. Fear produces anger. Mm-hmm. Anger produces all kinds of unintended results. Mm -hmm. Depression does it the whole different way, and denial does the same thing. So it sounds simple. It's not. It's not (laughs) simple, but we're talking about reconciling our differences, and it's very important to do that, to be reconciled to uh, racially, and we need to keep working on that. But I think we need a spiritual reconciliation. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think the leaders in the body of Christ are here for a time such as this to truly go and love the people that they're shepherding, mm-hmm. the people that they're leading, humbly going out into wherever we need to be to be able to love our neighbors mm-hmm. as ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. If we do that, which we have failed miserably in doing that, mm-hmm. but if we do that, I think that is our really only hope to being able to overcome the calamities that we may be facing in this country and in this world. I agree. I agree. I don't think there's anything else we can say. Yeah. Mm -mm. So we just want to thank everybody who's listening here today. Thank you for allowing us to kind of step out on a limb here a little bit um, and give a perspective, uh, just a very brief perspective on uh, as we see things in our country and our world today with multiplicity of problems that are leading to all kinds of reactions and uncertainty because there is fear. And uh, maybe a suggestion, just go feed the ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Not a Gish Park. We got them covered. <laughs> you got them covered. Okay. Uh, but maybe go feed somebody. Mm-hmm. Go help somebody else. You know, one of my things here, and I know for all of us in this room here, one of our best things that we can do is go help someone else. Mm-hmm. And so um, in so doing, we get a chance to exhibit perfect love yes. because of the love of Christ in us. Thank you for being a part of our community, our mission today. Um, we appreciate your prayers for those who are on the front line and those who are suffering in our community. If you're interested in more information about the Topeka Rescue Mission, you can go to the website at trmonline.org, trmonline.org. More information about Operation Food Secure is on there. Also, if you would like to give, you can push the Give button on the website, and you can also text to give to TRMGIVE to 77977. Text TRMGIVE to 77977. Thank you. Have a great week, and remember, God's love is perfect.